0: together, you know, you get it in a box and you got to put all the pieces together, the right nuts and the bolts and the screws all in the right place. I, I, when I put it together, I don't like getting to a point where I realize that I'm going to have to take something apart because I didn't do it right. I hate that. In fact, I i, I don't even like missing my turn and having to go back and turn at the right p- I, I I hate that. And so because of that, I do my best to take my time I actually, I don't like it, but I actually read the directions, I read the instructions, I try to do it correctly, but my problem so often is those directions were written in Chinese and they've been translated to English by a Chinese person and Google Translate and it still doesn't come out right because I don't understand it so inevitably I still put it together a little bit wrong and I reach a point where I have to start over and I don't like that. Somehow I miss a step or I do it wrong, and I I don't like having to go back and begin again. Now, maybe you, I know there are some of you in here this morning, some of you are here, and you don't even read the instructions. You don't read the directions. You just open it up, and you start putting it together, and your wife's in the background, and she's looking at you, and she's saying, you, you really should read the directions. You really should read the instructions, right? You're not doing it right. You should, really should read it. And about 30 minutes later, she comes back in because she hears, she hears things. And, and she sees parts flying in the room and she hears these words coming out of your mouth and they're angry and they're fiery and they're curt and they're short. And at that moment, that moment she looks at you just like this right there, right? She looks at you, and what does she say? I told you so. What we're learning today is something a mentor has taught me, and it's also something I have lived myself. You know, if you have to begin again with a small project, of a deal to begin again with a small. I mean, yes, it is frustrating, and we don't like it. But it's not that big of a deal to begin again with a small project. But if we have to begin again in life, or in a marriage, or in school, or a job, or a relationship, it can be devastating. And because of that, we want to do it right this time. We don't want to blow it again. We want this time to be better than last time. And that's what this series is going to help you do, to begin again, but better this time. As you look at that scenario, whatever it is that is causing you to begin again, and whatever area area of life it is, it might be your fault. It might be their fault. More than likely, it's kind of a combination of the two, and it's somewhere in the middle in there somewhere. But regardless, regardless of whose fault it is, we still want this time to be better. The mistakes. So let, let's say your children are mistakes. That's just kind of how life works. Um, we learn from the mistakes. So let, let's say your children or you are playing video games. In order for you to get to that next part of the game, you have to get that one right. And you learn from your mistakes. You figure out what does not work, and you change it, and you do what does work. You learn from your mistakes. You do the same thing with hunting and fishing. You learn what scares the game away because you did that, and so you don't do that anymore. You learn from your mistakes. Now, this one is for sure. We all learn from our mistakes when it comes to microwave popcorn. I mean, right, no matter what it says on the package. Your microwave is different, isn't it? And so you put it in and you learn, because how do you learn? When do you know you did it wrong? You burned it. And so you know, you go back and you do it right next time. And I bet for you, you know exactly the number of minutes and seconds it takes in your microwave because why? We learned from our mistakes. It works with your texting, too. Because you remember that time when you were kind of new at texting and you sent that text <laughs> to the wrong person and it was that text they weren't supposed to see that text and you sent it to them and you learned from your mistakes. You look to see who you're sending it to now. And you make sure it's the right person for that text. We learn from our mistakes. That's true. But it seems to me we learn from our mistakes in the areas of life that matter the least. But the things that matter the most, we just keep making mistake after mistake after mistake, the same mistakes over and over and over again in our relationships. The same mistakes over and over again. With our children, the same mistakes over and over again. With our money, the same mistakes over and over and over again. Now, as a pastor, I am not a counselor and I do not pretend to be. As a pastor, I do my best to point people in the right direction. I'll tell them, hey, read this book. This is a great book. There's good information in there about what you're dealing with. Read this book. Sometimes I point them to an appointment. I say, make an appointment. Call this person. Make an appointment with this person. Go talk to them about this. Or I say, do this. Or I say, do that. But inevitably, inevitably, time and time again, they don't do it. They don't do it. And then we ask ourselves, why do I keep making the same bad decisions why don't we actually do the things that we know would make next time better? I guess one of the reasons, and this is true of all of us, myself included, one of the reasons is we simply believe some things that are not true at all. For example, here's one. We believe that experience makes us wiser. Not make us wiser. Experience, that's false. That is not true. Experience does not make us wiser. Experience will make us more angry. Experience will make you older, but it does not make you wiser. You see, after you blow it, and I have too, after we blow it, we are no more prepared for that next experience just because we messed up the first one. Experience. Experience does not guarantee us anything. Here's the proof. The proof is we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. So experience doesn't make us wiser, but evaluated experience will make you wiser every time. Evaluated experience will make a difference your next go-around, your next time. It's not the experience itself. It's evaluated experience. That's the reason why um, someone, maybe they have blown it in a relationship, and then the next relationship, they blow it again. Maybe maybe they end up with a loser, and they think to themselves, I'm going to do better this time. And they go in for another round, and guess who do they end up with? Another loser. Or, Or... Maybe you're the loser, and maybe you say, okay, I really blew it that time. I'm not going to do that again, and maybe you jump in, and you do it again. You lose again, and we think to ourselves, I'll do better this time, and we get into another relationship, and we don't do better this time. You see, experience just makes us begin again it doesn't make us wiser unless we plan to evaluate that experience and that's one thing that over the course of the next few weeks we're going to help help us do to evaluate experience here's another thing we have a tendency to believe we say to ourselves okay now since i know better now since i know better I'll do better. So let me address the parents for just a moment. Let me ask you. Just because your child knows what you want them to do, just because they know the right thing to do, does that mean that's what they're going to do? No, right? You can prove that today. When you go home, um, cook you up some nice juicy carrots, put them on a plate, and then right next to them, give them a nice plate of delicious cookies. Actually, they don't even have to be delicious. They can be just horrible cookies. And put them on a plate beside the carrots and tell your preschooler, I'm going to go out of the room. Don't eat the cookies. I want you to eat the carrots. And then leave the room and watch. What is going to get eaten? We know. Why do we know this? Because that's what we would do too. Preschoolers are no different than we are. At least no different than I am. That's for sure. Think about this. When you were 20 years old. You probably knew what was the best or wise thing to do on a date. But what did you actually do? Yeah, right? We're no different. Knowing the right thing to do is not the same as doing the right thing knowing how to do things better is not the same as doing better another example you tell your teenager you want them to do something now the the thing is that's probably not the first time you've told them is it it's not new information you're probably telling them again And it's probably not even the second time you've told them. You have had to tell them time and 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 time time again. And when you tell them, what do they say back before you really ever get it all the way out of your mouth? What do they say? I know. I know. I know. So how many times have you heard your teenager say, I know, but yet you've had to keep telling them. Why? Because knowing better does not mean doing better. And it doesn't just apply to your preschool or your teenager. It applies to you and I as well. Knowing better does not mean we do the right thing. Here's what goes on in my mind anyway. I say to myself, well, I've had this experience, so I'm wiser. And and now that I've had the experience, I know better than to do that, so I'm going to do better this time. The problem is that is just simply false. That's not the way it works. There is no connection at all between beginning again and doing it better this time. There's no connection, no connection at all. It's simply not true. But for some reason, we believe it's true, but it's not true. For some of you, that's why your last bad relationship reflects your current bad relationship. And it's going to reflect your next bad relationship. And we look at that and we say, What is wrong with these people that I'm dating? What is wrong? And the answer is, you. The answer is you're the only common denominator between all of those people. It is you. Now, which means that may, maybe, maybe you're a bad picker. Or maybe that person picks you and they keep, someone else keeps picking you and you just can't say no to them. But for whatever reason, us knowing better does not mean we're actually going to do better. Now, there's another thing we have a tendency to believe. We think this to ourselves, or we say it, I've got to hurry. I I mean, time is a ticking. I'm not getting any younger here. I don't have time to waste. I am ready right now to jump back in. Whatever I needed to learn, I've learned it. I'm not going to do that again. After all, I'm wiser and I know better now. Time is ticking. We have this feeling that time is our enemy, and that's false. That is not true. Time is not our enemy. Time actually is our friend. And here's why. Because it's going to take time. It's going to take time to get ourselves into a position where we are ready to begin again. You see, when you're preparing to begin again, The reality is you're off balance because whatever happened has you off balance now. Uh, One of the reasons we get off balance is because we're in pain, we're hurting. When we're hurting, all we can think about is that pain in that moment. We try to think about other things, we try to shift our focus, but the underlying driving force at that moment is still that pain. My dad used to always say when he would hurt himself, and no matter what project we were working on, he would end up hurting himself somehow. If he hit his finger, or if he turned a wrench too hard and it broke loose or, and he busted his knuckles, he would always say this. He would say, man, that's going to really feel better when it stops hurting. He said it every single time. And the truth is, when we are hurting, all we can think about is that part of our emotions or our life that is throbbing with pain. Pain has a tendency, and it's just natural. It just happens for everybody. Pain makes us focus on that pain. So in a sense, when we're in pain, we become self-absorbed. We're self absorbed. And when we are self absorbed, we always make bad decisions. It's going to take time for us to get healthy. Let me give you an example. You, You probably have a friend, and every time they are hurting, it can be physical or emotional, doesn't matter. Every time they're hurting, when you have a conversation with them on your lunch break or wherever you are, you're talking, where does that conversation always end up? With them and their pain. Because when we are hurting, we are self-absorbed and we focus on ourselves and that hurt and that pain. And that's one of the reasons why we are not in a position to jump back in and begin again Because we are self-absorbed in that moment, in that pain, and when we are, we don't make good, balanced, healthy decisions. That takes time. That's why time is our friend. You know, for all of us, as we're looking at beginning again, there are some things that we need to see. We need to be able to see them clearly, but when we are in pain... We can't see those things around us that we need to see more clearly. Before we begin again, there are some things that we need to hear. Some people, some friends and family need, and and God himself, need to say some things to us. But when we're in pain, we can't hear those things. They're saying them, but we can't hear them, and it takes time That's why time is not our enemy. Time is our friend. Before you can begin again, you need to see that as your friend. And here's what we have a tendency to say. Some of you are saying this right now in your heart, in your head. You're saying this. Okay, Harley, that makes sense. I understand what you're saying. And Harley, what you're saying for everyone else, that is true. But if I could tell you my story, if you could see my situation, Harley, you would see that this is different. And you know what Andy would say to that? Here's what Andy would say. Yes, your circumstances are unique, but you are not. And that's what he would say to me as well. But if we're in the middle of it, or if we are just coming out of a bad situation, we can't see clearly and we can't hear clearly. And this is not just true of us. You hear us frequently talk about this guy in the Bible. His name is Paul, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. He wrote most of the New Testament, but that's not how he got his start. His first round, round one for Paul, he blew it. I mean, Paul was on a journey to stamp out, to stomp out Christianity, and he was well on his way to accomplishing that very thing. Until Jesus himself stopped Paul, and in an instant, in a moment, Paul changed his entire worldview. He changed it in a moment, and he became a Christ follower. Miraculous. But Paul did not instantly jump back in for round two. Paul backed off. And he took some time before round two. And for Paul, it was actually years later before he would enter his second round. Now, This was not just a gap of empty time. During these days, these years, Paul gained for himself this divine sense that God had a plan for his future. It took time for God to develop that in Paul. And not only that, but Paul gained this life-balancing sense of humility. And he desperately needed it. And that's what God provided for him before he went into round two. Now when we're faced with beginning again, if you're like me, we don't want to wait. I mean, we don't want to even wait long enough to look around us and, and to take note of what other people have done. Instead, we want to look at the people who have jumped right back in and say, yeah, they did that, I I can too. But if you look closely, more than likely, those people who jump just right back in, guess what they're doing today? They're jumping in again. And they're having to jump in again. But if we can see time as our friend, we can emerge from that time with a sense of God's plan and God's calling on your future and the direction of your life. And He can give you this life-balancing sense of humility as you move forward. You know, in the first round of life for most of us, we're usually making decisions for us, about us, We're usually living for us, and most often we're looking and searching for some way to make us feel normal, to make us feel accepted, to make us feel wanted by other people, to make us feel happy. Round one in most life is about ourselves. And then we find out that life is most assuredly messy, and life is painful, And we find that some things come to an end. And then we begin again. And we are saying this. If you will allow God to do something between round one and round two, you can move into this second round with a sense of God leading you into the future and a sense of this life-balancing humility. And that is exactly what happened for Paul. And that is the very same Paul who wrote the words that we're getting ready to read in Scripture right now. Before he went into round two, he took years to understand this. Now we find it written in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We're going to look at one verse this morning. It's a pretty famous verse. You may have heard it. Here we go. Romans 8, 28. Paul writes this, And we know that God causes everything. I want to pause right there. Paul is saying, God causes all of your experience. All of them. I mean, everything that you have done good or bad, and everything that has been done to you, good or bad, God causes everything. He's, he didn't cause that to happen to you, but he causes all of this junk, he goes on, to work together. All things. Do you realize that God can work in all things, even the things that have gone wrong, God can work. So he says everything, all these things work together. And then he goes on for the good of those who love God. Now, this is so important. Because to get this thing right, to begin again, to get this right, we have to bust all of those lies that we've been believing. We have to bust the lie that says this, My experience has made me wiser. It's just a lie. we got to bust it. We have to bust the lie that says, I know better, so I'll do better. We got to bust it. It is not true. We got to bust the lie that says, I have to hurry up and get back in there. Time is a ticking. I have no time to waste. I got to prove it to them. I got to prove it to me. I'm getting, oh, I got no time to waste. We got to bust the lie. Paul says, God can take everything. And make it somehow work together for good. Even if that was bad, God can make that good. Even if that decision you made was horrible, even if it was stupid or foolish or or ridiculous, God can take that and he can now do something with it good. I think Paul is saying this. That God doesn't want to just take these things. God actually wants to use all of these things. He wants to. And I think an underlying truth in this is this. If you don't allow God to use all these things then that junk is going to keep coming back to haunt your future. So let him use all of these things to benefit you. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. And then he concludes it with this and are called according to His purpose for them. I believe that God can take the junk in my life and the junk in your life, and He can use that to bring some kind of purpose if. He can do that if. If you allow him to. And to do that. It takes some time. It's going to take some time. But if you just rush back in. If you rush right in and you just simply move on. Into round two then you're going to be moving on into round 3 and round 4 and round 5 is going to look very much like round 1. Begin again. It can be better this time. Not just because you want it to be better, but because you actually do it better. Not because you now have experience so that you're wiser. No, 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 no. Now, because you have begun to evaluate that experience. Not because you simply know better. Rather, it's because you are actually doing it better this time. Different choices this time. And it's going to take some time. For you to do this. Time is your friend. It is not your enemy. Now we're asking you. This is all we're asking of you today. No matter what you're facing. As you're trying to begin again. Will you hit pause? Don't jump into round two. Or three or four. Don't jump into that round just yet. Will you hit pause? Take some time with us through this series and then for however long God says to hit pause so that you can do it better this time. So here's all we're asking right now. Will you hit pause on whatever that is and then come back next week as we continue this series? Begin again, better this time. Let's pray. (laughs) Father, many of us have these everythings that Paul is talking about. We have many experiences, and from those experiences, God, we are asking you to work, to bring meaning somehow. To bring meaning and something good out of all this. God, as many of us hit pause, we're asking you to help us evaluate our experience through this series. God, we're asking you to help us to take time. Time for you to bring us to a place where we have this sense of divine purpose for our future and this balancing humility that only you can bring us god we're asking time time for these things which only you can lead us toward may your spirit give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard And may your spirit give us the courage to then do it. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus, amen.